Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Moscow will forever be known as the scene of one of the most tragic crimes in American history. There's still sort of a, a darkness whenever you talk to people. It will be ever part of the university's history and the town's history. There are four very, very important names in this case. Kaylee Gonzalez, Madison Mogan, Zana Kronodal, and Ethan Chapin. And if you're going to remember any names from this case, I ask that it be all four. My name is Olivia Gonzalez, and Kaylee was my little sister. Everybody's going to work, and you look out the window, and there's kids running down the street laughing, and you're just like, how can you be out there playing? My daughter's dead. You know, Keely Gonzalez is gone. Stop everything. Everybody in the whole world, stop. And everything just keeps going. My sister, Zana Kernodal, is one of the happiest, funniest people I've ever met. And... I had the awesome privilege of growing up with her, and I still have a hard time coming to terms with the facts that it did happen. Brian Koberg is accused of stabbing these four University of Idaho students in the pre-dawn hours on November 13th, 2022. Uh, the murder weapon, which was a knife, has never been found. This is a type of survival knife. Brian Koberger did not make his own plea. The judge entered a plea for him of not guilty. Maximum penalties, life in prison, or the death penalty. Due to the nature of the crimes, the state of Idaho is seeking the death penalty. He was there to kill. He came in with a kit. I believe he had a kill mm -hmm. kit. And you believe that everything right down to the implement of destruction, this large marine knife, that was all planned? 
all planned. It's inhumane. You wouldn't do these type of things to any living creature, let alone an innocent human being. The star piece of evidence in the prosecution's case is the DNA that was found on the knife sheath that was left at the crime scene. But there's so much other evidence that's also pointing towards nobody else that we're aware of. How was Brian Koberger's car spotted leaving the scene? Why was his cell phone seen there 12 times, including the morning after the offense? The prosecution would like everyone to believe that it's an open and shut case. But I think the facts they have make the case more open than open and shut. According to the defense, there is no connection whatsoever between Brian Koberger and the victims. And if there is no connection, then there is no motive. And if there is no motive, then it becomes very hard to make the case that he is the killer. And this is a graduate student, not a trained assassin. It's more so about putting these pieces together because I know what the puzzle looks like at the end. I have the box in front of me, but I'm missing so many pieces. How did all of these pieces fall to create what I'm living in right now? Where did, where did this come from? If you're a fan of 48 Hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. A thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s, you play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24-7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk-free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. That's simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. <laughs> Thank you. 
It was not the news Steve and Christy Gonzalez wanted to hear. In August of 2023, just six weeks before the murder trial of Brian Koberger was set to begin, he waived his right to a speedy trial. Should you want to begin? Absolutely. They would have to wait indefinitely for their day in court. I was really hoping that um, we could get this show on the road because uh, the not knowing, it just, it's agony, it's agony. Steve and Christy, the parents of Kaylee, haven't left anything to chance. After the judge issued a gag order to attorneys and law enforcement, quote, to preserve the right to a fair trial, they drilled down on their own investigation and are now sharing what they believe that investigation found. Steve says he believes transparency is the best path to justice. We're not going to just sit back and cross our fingers and pray that we're going to get justice. It has been a long and painful journey for the families of Kaylee Gonzalez, Maddie Mogan, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin, the four University of Idaho students who were savagely murdered by a knife-wielding assailant in the wee hours of November 13, 2022 as they settled down to sleep in their off-campus house on King Road. Do you ever dream of your sister? Yeah, I've had some dreams of her. Uh, there's times where I prayed and asked God to see her another time, and I did, and it just gives me some peace knowing that I know she's okay. Jasmine Kernodal, who is speaking for the first time, was a senior at Washington State University and lived only 15 minutes away from her younger sister, Zanna. Often mistaken as twins growing up, she says they were best friends. She just was always fun. She was uplifting and she took any bad situation and turned it into a good one. Jeff, what did you love most about your daughter? Everything. <laughs> she cared about people. She was a people person. She cared about her friends, just as much as like her family. For the first time in her life, Zanna had fallen in love with fellow student Ethan Chapin, a triplet who loved his siblings, boats, and working on a tulip farm. The sweetest kid ever. They were just two happy people, and there's just seeing the videos and photos of them, you can just like tell how happy they are. They were just amazing together. Sadly, they will now forever be linked in death. On Sunday morning, November 13th, Zana's friends started calling Jasmine, saying something bad had happened on King Road. Jasmine rushed over to Zana's house. And while you're driving that eight, nine miles over to the house, are you trying to reach your sister then? Mm-hmm. How many times did you call her? A lot. I called her a lot. I called Ethan a lot. Her next call was to her father. Jeffrey had been visiting Jasmine for Dad's weekend and was on his way home. So you answer the phone, what do you hear? I hear her kind of crying and just telling me to get back to Moscow and meet me at Santa's house. And, you know, my heart drops. Instantly, race back down there. 
the house was cordoned off and swarming with investigators. As soon as Jeffrey said he was Zana's father, he and Jasmine were escorted to the Moscow Police Department. And Jasmine, what does the officer say to you and your father? I don't, I don't remember exactly, just that four people passed away and that one was Zana. Yeah, the worst day of your life, just your worst nightmare. It just happened, you know? What do you do? You can't do a damn thing. 100 miles away, the Gonsalves family also had been getting frantic calls saying something bad had happened to their daughter, Kaylee. But no one knew what. I just kept saying over and over, what do I do? What do we do? What do we do? Finally, at around four in the afternoon, a deputy appeared at their door. And we said, what's going on? I can confirm your daughter's died. It's passed away. He said there were four victims. And, we, and I said, four? And he said, yes, ma'am. I said, can you tell us if one of the victims was Maddie Mogan? And he said, yes, ma'am. Maddie Mogan, Kaylee's best friend from childhood. Give us a sense of just how close uh, Kaylee and Maddie were in life. I think that they had a very amazing relationship the epitome of true best friends from very early. I mean, they were sisters through and through. They were um, completely inseparable. As soon as the news hit, Olivia, the eldest of the five Gonzalez children, and her parents went into detective mode. We had zero details. We just knew they were gone. Olivia got into her sister's call log and frantically started cold calling recent numbers. She says a friend told her that Kaylee had been at the Corner Club bar around 1.07 a.m. and later texted a rideshare driver who Olivia managed to track down. The rideshare driver said around 1.45, Kaylee had texted him requesting a ride from the Grub truck, which is the local mac and cheese food truck, to take her back home to 1122 King. And she had with her a, another female. Olivia then uncovered one of the most important leads in the case. The rideshare driver told her about a camera mounted on the grub truck. So I was able to look it up and um, find Kaylee on the video, and I saw the girl that she was with was Maddie. So at that point, I knew Kaylee and Maddie were together. They got into the car to go home together and alone. The driver told her the exact time Kaylee and Maddie were dropped off at their house on King Road, 1.56 a.m., a timeline she says she confirmed before the police. I immediately took it to the police officers. Here's her phone information. Here's the rideshare driver's name. Olivia says Kaylee made a call to her boyfriend at 2.56 a.m., but he didn't answer. The Gonsalveses believe Kaylee fell asleep shortly after. According to the police affidavit, Kaylee and Maddie were stabbed to death between 4 and 4.25 a.m. Just as they had done since they were little girls, they were sleeping in the same bed. Those two best friends since little girls, I don't think there's anything more terrifying than what they went through. I really don't. 
The killer took four lives in a matter of minutes, but he left behind two surviving roommates, one of whom would provide a key description of the intruder. He was dressed in black, muscular build, and very bushy eyebrows. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. If there is one picture that speaks to the Idaho student murders, it is this. Six smiling college students, blissfully unaware of the carnage to come. It's staged in a way that is almost, in a strange way, ominously predicting. Investigative journalist Howard Bloom has written extensively on the student murders for Graydon Carter's online magazine, Airmail. He is now writing a book on the case. On the ends of the picture are the two survivors. In the middle are, are, are the victims, and they're huddled together. Kaylee, with a beaming Maddie on her shoulders, friends for life. Ethan, with his arm around Zanna, young love in full bloom. A moment that should have been a memory of their idyllic college years would eternally be a reminder of the gruesome murders that put them in their graves. What makes it so tragic is they're forever preserved in this moment. They'll never be able to leave this moment. Hours after this photo was taken, the four friends would be murdered. Their deaths so violent, even the house seemed to be bleeding. There's literally blood oozing out from the home. Uh, You could see it on the exterior walls. CBS News consultant Brianna Fox is a former FBI agent and professor of criminology at the University of South Florida. That's how bloody and gruesome the crime scene is. According to the affidavit, which outlines law enforcement's investigation, the bodies of Zanna and Ethan, who was sleeping over, were found in or near her bedroom on the second floor. The bodies of Kaylee and Maddie were on the third floor in the same single bed in Maddie's room. How did your daughter die in that house? What do you know? We know the autopsy. We know the means of what is officially how she died. She was assaulted and stabbed. Several, several times. Her death certificate is the ugliest, disgustingest 
piece of paper that you will ever see in your life. And every line is a horror show. Every line, because there's causes of death and then there's contributions to death. Christy and Steve spoke to coroner Kathy Mabbitt before the gag order was issued, and they say she told them how the two friends were positioned in the bed. The bed was up against the wall. The headboard was touching the wall, and the left side of the bed was touching the wall. And we believe that Maddie was on the outside and Kaylee was on the inside. According to Coroner Mabbitt, the killer's first victim was Maddie, says Steve. And then from Maddie, he moved on to your daughter. You believe she had awakened at that point? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, there's evidence to show that she awakened and tried to get out of that situation. The way the bed was set up is what... She was trapped. She was trapped. We know from the affidavit that Koberger's cell phone pinged in the vicinity of the house 12 times prior to the murders. Steve says before the gag order, one of the lead investigators told him they believe Koberger had been scouting out the house. You believe these visits were like, he was like on an intelligence Mm -hmm. mission, a scouting mission, looking at lifestyle patterns when they came and went, who came to the house methodically. He had to know when people were coming, people were going. It makes the Gonzaleses wonder if he'd ever gone inside the house. I think that he at least had opened that door, went in, tested the waters, looked around. Steve says the coroner told him the killer's rampage started on the third floor, where both Maddie and Kaylee had their bedrooms. Christie thinks he wasn't expecting to find the two friends together in the same bed. I do think that his plan went awry. I do think that, you know, he intended to kill one and killed four. Brianna Fox also believes Zanna and Ethan were collateral damage. According to the affidavit, Zanna received a DoorDash food delivery at 4 a.m., then went back to her room on the second floor. It's possible, says Fox, that Zanna, still awake, came face to face with the killer. And she sees somebody that she doesn't expect, and I don't think he was expecting to see her either. One of the two surviving roommates, Dylan Mortensen, later told the police that she heard what she thought was crying coming from Zana's room. She heard a male voice say something to the effect, it's okay, I'm going to help you. Not something a killer would likely say to an intended target, says Fox. He probably was trying to make a split-second decision. Do I run away? Do I kill her? What do I do? And he decided to kill her. At approximately 4.17 a.m., police say an outside security camera less than 50 feet from Zana's room picked up distorted audio of what sounded like voices or a whimper followed by a loud thud. Shortly after, Dylan, the surviving roommate, whose bedroom was near Zana's, opened the door. According to the police affidavit, when Dylan opens the door, she saw a man dressed in black with a black mask, and she says he has bushy eyebrows. Those bushy eyebrows become very important when the police are making their identification. The man with the bushy eyebrows kept walking to the rear of the house without harming Dylan. Why was Dylan not killed? Again, there is no definitive answer. He he didn't kill her because 
He didn't see her. He was sort of transfixed on getting out. He didn't kill her because he was satiated. Or he was simply too depleted to kill again, says Fox. Even stabbing somebody for a minute and a half, not only is that overkill, but it actually would become rather exhausting. The police believe the murder weapon, which has not been found, was a military-style K-bar knife, similar to this one. The details are disturbing. This is not a civilian knife. It was actually meant to tear apart bone, ligaments, organs. So this is a extremely brutal and something that you would never expect a person to walk in and want to commit unless they took some pleasure out of the brutality of it. After seeing the intruder, Dylan, the surviving roommate, told investigators she locked herself in her room. It would be almost eight hours before 911 was called, causing an uproar on social media, criticizing Dylan's alleged inaction. But Brianna Fox says it's not unusual for people to freeze or be too afraid to intervene. She had no reason to you know, know how to handle herself in that moment. According to the affidavit, the male walked towards the back sliding glass door and presumably left the scene. But committing murder and getting away with it are two different things, says Fox. For an offender to get away with a crime, a murder, they have to bat a thousand. They have to be absolutely perfect. If they make one singular mistake, that's all it takes. And that one possible mistake in this case may have been the sheath to the K-bar knife. One like this was found on the bed next to Maddie Mogan. It would lead investigators to the door of a man studying for a career in criminology, Brian Koberger, the alleged killer. To see a timeline of the case, go to 48hours.com. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Day after day and week after week pass, and there is no suspect that is arrested. What was that time like for you? That was the worst. For 47 days after the murders, the families of Kaylee, Maddie, Zana, and Ethan, and the country waited. 
We do not have a suspect at this time. And wept. And weighed in. The people of Idaho and those throughout our nation who provided information has been very impressive. We've received over 19,000 tips. Then, on December 30th, 2022, Brian Koberger was arrested in Albrightsville, Pennsylvania. At the time, his attorney said Koberger looked forward to being exonerated. What goes through your mind when you see the face of the alleged killer? Oh, I wonder why, who, who is this? Why, you know? Never heard of the person before. It still is confusing. Why? At this point, the families knew as much about Koberger as the public did. A PhD candidate studying criminology just 10 miles away at Washington State University in Pullman. I remember thinking, I only have a few minutes to look up this individual and to try to get any credible information before things start getting wonky. Some of Olivia Gonzalez's online discoveries of Koberger made her uneasy. He had made a few posts on Reddit in which he was conducting, it seems like a questionnaire to uh, people in prison or jail who had committed crimes. How did you pick your victim or your target? For seven weeks, the families and the country were left wondering. I think for this type of an investigation, 47 days is actually quick. Criminologist and CBS News consultant Brianna Fox says the Moscow police kept things moving. Starting with a video canvas which produced footage from those early morning hours, showing a white car making three passes by the girl's house starting around 3.30 a.m. Less than an hour later, investigators say, the killer struck. They noticed that this car approached King Road, left, came back, uh, almost did a U-turn, finally went there around 4.06 in the morning, and that car then departed in about 25 minutes and sped off. Multiple surveillance cameras then captured that white car as it traveled what appeared to be a less direct route back to Pullman, Washington, arriving around 5.30 a.m. That information helped investigators identify the make and model of the vehicle. And we're looking for a 2011 to a 2013 Hyundai Elantra. Washington State Police find the car parked outside graduate housing. Uh, they get the license plate and they get Brian Koberger's name. They then get the driver's license and they see the bushy eyebrows that in the eyes of one of the Moscow detectives must be the eyebrows of the killer. Now armed with a warrant, investigators retrieved cell tower data from that morning, which captured Koberger's phone around 2.47 a.m. in Pullman when it suddenly stopped connecting to the network. According to the affidavit, this was also around the time cameras caught a white Elantra leaving his apartment complex. There was indication that he turned off his cell phone, which is something that a lot of people do when they want to avoid law enforcement knowing their whereabouts. His cell phone signal was picked up again two hours later south of Moscow, 
as it traveled back toward his apartment building. The affidavit described a deeper dive into Koberger's phone history that revealed this was a familiar neighborhood to him, going back several months. Cell phone records indicated that he has traveled past and was very near the vicinity of this crime scene on 12 separate occasions. And Towers actually captured a 13th trip just hours after the murders. Anecdotally, a lot of killers, they like revisiting the memory of the crime. You know, I won. I was able to get away with this, and you guys won't catch me. But they had one secret weapon to make their case. They had the knife sheath, and there was a microscopic spot of DNA on this. Could they tie this DNA to Coburg? According to the affidavit, the DNA was found on the button snap of the sheath. But when investigators ran it through the national database, there were no matches. It's unclear if Brian Koberger knew law enforcement was watching when he left Washington in mid-December. Koberger and his father, who had flown in from Pennsylvania, drove back home together in his white Elantra. Koberger, from what I've heard, tells the father that he's in trouble with his, his job. He's concerned enough about his son to want to make the drive back with him. On the 2,500-mile journey from Washington, they are stopped twice for traffic violations. Hello. What's also interesting is Koberger's reaction to the police. Is this your car? Okay. Cool. He's pretty calm and cool. Father and son made it home to Albrightsville, Pennsylvania, where Bloom says investigators initiated a stealth operation. What they did is they sent a team of Pennsylvania state troopers to Koberger's family's house. Law enforcement recovered Koberger's father's DNA from the trash outside their home, which tested as a high probability it was the biological father of whoever left DNA on the knife sheath. So that was the eureka moment, which they decided they could get an arrest warrant. At that point, they made the arrest of Brian Koberger and they got a separate, essentially a search warrant for his DNA. And when investigators compared his DNA to the DNA on the knife sheath, they say it was a statistical match, at least 5.37 octillion times more likely to be Koberger's than anyone else. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill 
to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill. Or text thrill to 500-500. Where you sit today, are you certain that Brian Kohlberger is the killer? With what you know. I don't trust anybody or anything, so I have to see it myself. I have to see everything. As the months pass, Steve and Christy Gonzalez remain a united front in wanting justice. But their weight has brought different perspectives. Your mind is still open to the potential? Of course. That it could have been someone else? Of course. Yep. I go into that 100%. Yep. Of course. That's not where you are. No. Yeah, that's fine. I don't think there's any slam dunk. Criminologist Brianna Fox says, with the gag order in place, any hint of Kohlberger's defense has come from court documents. It seems that the defense is alleging there was a rush to judgment. Law enforcement made an arrest too fast, and they focused on their client too quickly. A defense filing did reveal Kohlberger's alibi for the night of the murders. It simply stated, Mr. Kohlberger was out driving alone. The defense is not necessarily having to prove that he's innocent. They just have to raise doubt. Both Fox and Howard Bloom think the defense can find ways to poke holes in the prosecution's case, challenging some of the key evidence presented in the affidavit, including the cell phone location data and the white Elantra. There's other concerns, such as whether Brian Koberger's car was accurately identified at the onset or if that was revised after knowing what Brian Koberger drove. The cell phone data makes one suspicious of Koberger, but it's not convincing. It's not putting someone at someone's doorstep. It's putting someone in someone's neighborhood. If you can raise doubts about the validity and the accuracy of the cell phone data, I think you're halfway there to getting the case against Koberger, either a hung jury or a not guilty verdict. And there's more, according to the defense. That there was no DNA or forensic evidence found from the crime scene at the apartment, car, office, or on Brian Koberger's person. So they were basically alleging how could he have committed such a brutal murder and yet have no evidence found on him of that. After consulting their own investigators, Christy and Steve theorize that Koberger likely brought what they call a kill kit with him. What do you mean by a kill kit? I think he had a backpack. A clothes. We don't know if it was coveralls, pants, hoodie. We don't know. A defense filing also claimed the presence of other unidentified male DNA was found on the premises. Three separate and distinct male DNA profiles were found from the crime scene. Two were inside the house. One was outside on a glove. The defense wants to know who are these people and what role could they have played in this whole story. So what the defense is doing now is trying to look for other narratives that makes sense. Howard Bloom has written extensively about this case, including a piece on a possible alternative defense theory involving drugs. Maybe someone had reneged on a drug payment and this was a retribution 
uh, vengeance for people not paying for drugs they had ordered. I want you guys to respond to one thing that's out there because speculation that somehow drugs were involved in this attack. That's just Hollywood nonsense. I, I just dismiss that because I, I understand our society wants to believe in some of these movies that they watch. They don't have these crazy lives where they're crossing paths with people like that. That storyline of it being drugs gives people a reason to think why it happened because nobody knows why. And the reason I think it happened is because he wanted to. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to commit a murder. Brian Koberger's defense attorneys argue there's a lack of evidence linking their client to the students. The defense is claiming that the defendant, Brian Koberger, and the victims have absolutely no connection. There's no motive. In the minutes after Brian Koberger was publicly named, the Gonzalez family went online. They just told us the name and we immediately started Googling. They believe they had found a possible connection through Instagram and immediately took these screenshots. From our investigation of the account, it appeared to be the real Brian Koberger account. Among the people this account was following were Maddie Mogan and Kaylee Gonzalez, in addition to several people with the name Koberger. But when we looked through those, it appeared to have other family members that were related to him. At first, Steve, who works in IT, was skeptical, thinking someone created a fake account immediately following Koberger's arrest. But according to the family, they uncovered more possible connections. You would go to Maddie's Instagram account and look at her pictures, and he liked them. Brian's name was under a lot of Maddie's pictures, like that picture and that picture and that picture and that picture. So he was actively looking at the Instagram accounts. And the importance of that is what? Just digital evidence that this particular account had some type of connection with the, with the victims. 48 Hours has not confirmed the authenticity of this account, which has since been deleted, and the gag order prevents investigators from commenting. After dedicating months looking for their own answers, the Gonzalveses say they are mentally prepared for trial, no matter when it begins. I think he's done. He's going to feel all of us just staring at the back of his head. And he's going to know that we are the Gonzalves family, and he knows what he did to our daughter. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
How could this happen? To a group of kids that are doing everything the way they're supposed to do. To not known is what keeps you awake at night. And it's every day, all day. It never stops. Why, why, why? There is no why. It is as unexplainable today as it was the day Kaylee Gonzalez, Maddie Mogan, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin were murdered. They wish they wish we knew. <laughs> they were, all four of them were just such great people and made such an impact on the lives around them. For now, the families are left with thoughts of what might have been. Kaylee Jade Gonsalves has been recommended to receive a posthumous bachelor's degree. Her family will receive the diploma of the University of Idaho. On May 13, 2023, exactly six months from the day of the murders, an occasion that would have been a cause for celebration, graduation, was instead another reminder of what was lost seeing all those graduation photos. It's just, they should be here. <laughs> graduation is just one of many milestones that will be missed. She would have been my maid of honor and I probably would have been hers. And it's like sad to have to go through those life moments without her. Jasmine Kernodal planned to work side by side with her sister, Zanna, creating their own marketing business. It's just not the same without her because she just brought like such a crazy different energy than anybody else I've ever met. Kaylee Gonzalez's future was in sight. She had accepted a job in Austin working for an IT firm. Kaylee not only pushed herself, say her parents, but pushed them. We lost that person that would force us to make new memories and force us to go and take on something that seems a little daunting at first. One of you guys. Guys! For the Gonsalveses, amid all the loss, there was an addition to the family when in February, Olivia gave birth to a baby girl. So her name is Theodora Maddie Kay. Obviously, Maddie Kay is after Maddie and Kaylee. And if one were to believe in signs, there were, says Olivia, several with Theodora Maddie Kay's arrival. In the hospital, her room number, 1113, was the same as the date of the murders, November 13th. And eerily, the time of birth, 4.21 a.m., is in the time frame that Kaylee and Maddie are believed to have been killed. To have birth and life and firsts, first giggles, first walks, that they would be there somehow, you know, even if it's just a namesake. This is the Gonzalez family. Maddie has truly been a blessing in our lives. I'm Zana's sister. The families of Kaylee, Maddie, Zana, and Ethan have all searched for ways, sometimes together, to cope with a horrible new normal. We all are always going to be there for each other, and it's just difficult. We all, we're all going through it in our own ways. For Ethan's parents, Stacy and Jim Chapin, 
one way of coping involves creating a foundation, Ethan's smile. Ethan just had a great smile. I mean, he <laughs> smiled all the time. Raising money for scholarships by selling tulips planted in honor of Ethan, who had worked at a tulip farm. So Ethan will live on through the foundation. That's what motivates us to, to do this. How do you live with this, Jeff? It's not easy. It's got to keep going, you know? I think just like living our lives like Zana would want us to. I know that she would want us to talk about the life that she lived and to be her voice right now. She had a beautiful smile. Her and Maddie, the memories that we shared, we don't do it lightly because they are very private memories and sometimes it feels like I'm giving away a part of them. But I do it for the importance to realize how great of a loss it is. Because nothing's gonna bring them back. Join me Tuesday for Postmortem from 48 Hours, where we'll dive even deeper into today's episode and answer your questions about the case. Married to Death, one of 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty's most controversial cases. Her two husbands dead. Was this widow a killer? Her final trial. Listen to the original 48 Hours podcast, now available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.